Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. Our globally engaged podcast explores contemporary art, film, and design across six continents. These days, many conversations inside and outside the art world are turning to climate change and sea level rise. What are the world's oceans trying to tell us? Norwegian artist Jana Vinderen spends a lot of time listening. With highly sensitive hydrophones, she records hidden sounds deep beneath the surface of our blue planet. For four days in December 2019, the artist shares a new sonic environment she created for Miami Beach. Inside the Collins Park Rotunda, you can step away from the intensity of Miami Art Week to let yourself float on sound. Miami waterways, the Barents Sea, and the tropical oceans come together to immerse you in the art of listening underwater. We encountered Jana Venderen's lyric sound art for the first time in 2017 in Norway. Her compositions transformed our experience of a sauna at the edge of the Oslo Fjord and conveyed life in the Arctic Circle at the Polar Museum in Tromsø. work underwater in Norway and Greenland. That's how we first met. And I'm wondering, could we just talk for a moment about what ideas or concerns drew you to working beneath the surface of water? I had originally planned to become a marine biologist, you know, and do research on the mammals of the sea, like whales and seals. So, I mean, I've always been interested in the underwater environment and been fishing since I was quite <laughs> young and curious about what's happening there. We know more and more, of course, and more and more research is being done underwater, but for a very, very long time, we have treated the ocean as some kind of dumping ground and not just for waste and plastic and all this, but also sound. And I think very often not knowingly so that this is very harmful for the creatures living there. This is what I'm focusing on for the work in Miami. This very site-specific work there, which is the commission from Audemars Pierre that I will do in the Rotunda, which is very close to the beach and the ocean. The art of listening underwater points to interconnected environments. The sound in Miami is a collection of sounds recorded in many different oceans. So I am thinking a kind of travel from where accelerating melting of the sea ice is happening and the creatures that are living there and moving south with the migration of, for example, of the humpbacks that are traveling to the Caribbean to uh, give birth and mate.
and these route from the melting areas to areas around Miami and the Caribbean where where you see floods and storms as a result of this changing climate that we have at the moment. I will also be recording locally very close to Miami, which also will be part of this. I will include also sounds I have recorded in the Caribbean when I have been out with the TBA 21 Academy for several years. I came on the ship Dardanella and um, I will also include some of the recordings from there and from research ships I've been on in the north. I'm in the process of making this piece at the moment, so it, it is collaged together, composed together, first in my studio and then I will work on it in the space itself. The Rotunda was built in 1962 and was originally part of the library on Miami Beach. And it's been closed to the public except for times when it's activated for art or design, sometimes during Art Basel. It has been activated as a film viewing space and as an installation space for public art pieces. And interestingly, recently in Miami, there's an artist in residence for environmental concerns with the city of Miami Beach. He's done a pop-up in that space to bring people in to talk about climate change and sea level rise. So the mood of this space has become contemplative in a way that I think you're going to contribute to by your project. The name of the relief sculpture that is wrapping around the rotunda, it's made by Albert Vrana and it's called The Story of Man. And that sand is a kind of technique of casting in sand. And uh, it's interesting for me, you know, thinking about where is this sand coming from? And is, are they kind of from creatures that were long, long, long time ago in the ocean? You know, this kind of old coral and crustaceans. And it's like the ancestors of some of the creatures that I am playing the, the present sound from now inside. What kind of creatures or sounds might we hear in that space? I will include the bearded seal sound up from the north. It's a very characteristic sound. It makes this kind of howling, dropping tone. It's going to sound you will hear there. It was very surprising to me when I was up there in the sea ice. So I heard this sound when I lowered the hydrophones and I was expecting to hear this kind of crackling sound of ice melting, you know, and this is from one to six year old ice. So it's not as potent and popping as the older Greenland ice. But underneath this was this tonal thing. And I hadn't heard a bearded seal before, but then I just suddenly came with his head out of the water and it got quiet on my hydrophones. So I realized it must be him making the sound because when he disappeared again, the sound came back. So this was actually the first time and it signalizes for me very much that very icy area and the Arctic where the ice is melting, these areas that are opening up now, you know, the Northeast Passage. And this is very a new route for shipping from Asia.
So that represents the Barents Sea, right? Yes, the Barents Sea. There's also, of course, element of imagination in my work. I'm not trying to document or to only play the sounds that are present at a particular point. I also make a story. So in that sense, you know, for me, the, the underwater insects are also part of the story. They are in, in the freshwater environments that kind of goes into the riverbeds, the estuaries that are surrounding Miami. They're coming down and then uh, fish that are around the reefs, for example, like the toadfish and fish that are in more tropical waters. So there will be like a mix of different species of fish because the sea is connected everywhere. I'm looking at the very local and specific area around Miami, but it is all connected to the global waterways and oceans. I like people to think about the whole mass of ocean, actually like the planet ocean as it really is. We are living on the blue planet. It is more ocean than there is land. It's issues that concerns all of the planets and all of the creatures living here. And it travels about almost five times faster underwater than uh, in air. You know, it's a very, very good medium for transmitting sound. What kind of recording tools are you using for this project underwater? I am using different types of hydrophones, and uh, in particular, with the ones I will bring with me to Miami. This is Reason 4032 hydrophones. They have a wide frequency response. They give a full response even down to you know infrasound and up into the ultrasound range which means if i record on a high enough resolution somehow <laughs> i can slow it down and i can bring inaudible sounds for us into audible range i like that there are creatures that are listening in this area we can't perceive and i think it's very good for human beings to know that we <laughs> you know we, we can't really hear everything and other creatures can. We can't see all frequencies. Some creatures can, you know, they have specific sides and areas we can't perceive. And I see that you're working with Tony Mayat. What is his role in this project? Tony and I have been working together on the large multi-channel sound installations for about more than 10 years now. For example, we did a large installation called Dive in Park Avenue Tunnel together. Then we have 80 speakers all through the tunnel and each speaker has its own signal. So this needs to be programmed into a setup that can distribute and make the sound move as we want in the space. So we collaborate on that, how to kind of move the sound around in the space. I make in my studio a composition at the moment, I have eight speakers around me, so I decode it into a third-order B-format file as a starting point when we are coming to the rotunda. And then we do all the measurements together, and he makes this into a patch that can work the installation well into this environment. And then I can sit with his uh, programming and compose it further into the space. It's a great collaboration we have. 
what's your dream? What's your vision? What's your hope for what listeners will experience in the rotunda? I hope that people can feel some rest, actually, and float into the listening experience. Because I think everything is so very, very fast everywhere. It is hectic around us all the time. I'm hoping people can just go into a slower mood for a little while. A few days before the installation opens to the public, we meet Jana Vinderen and Tony Mayat on the steps outside the historic rotunda. They've been out on Miami's waterways to record local sounds. We went from the harbor area, not very far from here, and then stopped at different places on the way out towards the lighthouse. So we went all the way out there with several stops at particular spots that our captain was thinking was interesting. He knows the area of Kier and spent all his life on the water. So he knew the area really, really well. He's grown up here. And what was really interesting was that several times on the way we were stopped by dolphins. And it was just so many and different species. We probably had one of our best dolphin recording days ever, actually. As we went out, it was great to have Jay, our captain, who's local and really knows the waters. He'd never done this sort of thing before, but once we'd spoken to him about the things we were interested to capture, he knew of very detailed spots and things he'd recorded on his GPS where there were small wrecks, where there might be congregations of fish, but then also very shallow areas of sea and slightly deeper areas of sea, and also onto the edges of some of the reefs just beyond where the lighthouse is off Miami. So we went quite a long way out, but there were some patches of very, very calm water. So that's one of the places we encountered the dolphins, which was perfect for us. We saw mating behavior, we saw juveniles, we saw pod interactions, we saw them really having a nice time, jumping out of the water, everything. I love this. What a thrill. It was really fantastic. Though, I mean, the sad thing, really, I would say, we experienced also, there were really not a lot of fish. According to the environment, what it looks like and what I would expect to hear, there were far less fish sounds. Another thing also that rides into the good recordings of the communication between dolphins were, of course, ship noise, which is another stress factor on the environment. And here there's a constant ship noise. And of course, especially now also with the Art Basel, there will be more traffic. The fish, the crustaceans, they won't hear each other. So this is the problem. You can hear that the dolphins were fighting with the sound of the engine that passed. Now they go uh, louder and they can't hear each other and the ship, the fishing boat goes past. And I think often, you know, we are not aware of how disturbing this sound pollution that we pour into the water is. Okay, we're entering the rotunda, a cylindrical space, and it looks like you've already had time to place speakers in the round here. Tell us about what the setup will be. So we have set up 22 speakers. We have four speakers in the ceiling, four speakers on the floor, 12 speakers around the edges of the space. 
The light will be lower light at evening time, but at daytime we will use the natural light coming through the windows. So people will experience the change of the light during the day. You can sit and spend as much time as you like listening to the composition. That's one of the things about this type of installation is it's a very concentrated listening experience and there's a lot of detail and there are no visuals here, it's going to be quite dark. So listening is the focus and it's something that, that people tend to tune out of in the environments that we were just in outside. You know, we're trying not to hear the cars and we're doing exactly what the fish do and that's part of the stress factors that we're experiencing as well. Our sounds are being blocked out by the traffic, by the sirens, by the other people as well. So, so you're having to really think about the volume and the position of particular sounds. What the production company we're doing here is treating the space to minimize the amount of sound that's coming in from the outside, which gives us a blank canvas to work with. How are you designing the space to create an immersive experience? One of the contributions that I make to this type of work is to design a loudspeaker system and then software to decode the sounds and the spatiality of the sounds that we capture into a continuous sound field. So with the lights on here, it looks like you're really surrounded by a lot of loudspeakers, which you are. You won't really hear sound coming from the loudspeakers. It will generate a completely seamless sound field in here that will be a three-dimensional sound field. So it's as close as we can get to giving people an experience of the full dimensionality of sound underwater. And, and the experience will be like listening underwater, where things will appear from above and below and around and in the distance. In a sense, what we're trying to do is to excite the whole space, and this relates to what Jana was saying about situating the work here. Partly because of that, it helps with the acoustics of the space, because we're distributing the sound all the way around. It means that it's not forceful sound, it's not driven very hard from one end of the room, it's completely surrounding you, so it's a very natural listening experience. There are some technical terms that Jana used yeah. in explaining how she was beginning to design in her studio. Yeah. So could you explain that technical part? We work using a, an audio format called Ambisonics. And this is based on a microphone system that can capture sound in three dimensions. It has signals that can capture the sort of up-down directionality and left-right and backwards and forwards. And these signals form what's called a B-format signal. And you can use that to recreate the whole sound field. So we're going to be using here a third-order B-format signal, which is a third-order ambisonic signal, which is 16 directional components. And then my software, which is what the patch is, will decode that into the signals that need to go to all of the loudspeakers. And then that will all be calibrated according to how loud they are, how distant they are from the center, so that you have this uniform sound field. You're inside of this yeah. sphere of sound, which we are all the time. And that's why I like to work with this type of technique. We are moving, the sounds are moving around us, and it's all around us all the time. A stereo setup is very constructed to make something from two sources like that, and you move it back and forth between the horizontal plane. It's not really how things work in the real world. The ambisonic recording technique allows you to capture an object and its size of an object and the geometry of an object too. So when we artificially recreate this with some of the production techniques from underwater sound, we can also do that. We can make objects that have size and not just points that fly about in space, which happens in a lot of spatial audio stuff, but we actually create environments that have dimensions and objects that have dimensions within them. There is an audiophile opportunity here for people who want to hear sound presented in this way because going to the cinema and listening to Dolby Atmos is still a film-based surround sound effect. It's about the screen, primarily not about the sound environment that you're in. 
This is an opportunity to hear three-dimensional sound projected in space and it requires all of the things that we've been very fortunate to have here not just the recording devices and the software that we write but also people to put up a large speaker system to have a room dedicated to listening to sound to treat the room in a way that makes it possible to hear all the sound and it's a very rare opportunity. It's unique to be able to listen to these sounds that we otherwise really can't access so easily. We do have the possibility to listen underwater, but our ears are not very well adapted. So you need to kind of listen with the bone conduction more like fish do. But here you can hear the fish and the crustaceans and, and also the melting of the ice in the northern regions. That are, uh, of course, the reason for me to do this, how we are treating the planet, what is happening around us, and all the stress factors that we are putting onto the ecosystems around the planet. This is the Fresh Art International Podcast. I'm Kathy Bird. Jana Vinderen portrays the fragile and complex beauty that circulates through the currents of the interconnected marine world. Her ephemeral environment in the Collins Park Rotunda promises to leave us with a lasting impression. Those who take the time to float inside the world of underwater sound she brings to Miami Beach will take away a new understanding of the sonic relationships that echo across our seas. Exploring this global issue of growing concern, the episode is the perfect finale for 2019. Visit our website to hear other conversations centered on environments at risk and explore opportunities to engage with our new and ongoing initiatives. And follow us on Instagram at FreshArtINTL. As we end our latest year of podcasting, we recognize all those who make this project possible. The John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, Emily Hall Tremaine Foundation, Locust Projects, and the Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts, the International Association of Curators of Contemporary Art, Artists-in-Residence in Everglades, Tempest Projects, Alice Yard, Tilting Axis, and listeners like you. On FreshArtInternational.com, sign up to receive our latest news and give a donation to support our stories. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk.